Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. But I suppose now, now we're chatting. Yeah. Um, I should probably introduce myself. <laughs> Let's just do over. Take two. Yeah, Go ahead. No, what's your, what's your name, mystery person? Away. Yeah. And that, you know, um, your listeners might not know who I am. Well, they definitely won't know who I am. That's right. So, I'm Lexi. Okay. Um, 24 years old. Yes. And I'm a personal trainer from Buckinghamshire in England, which is a little county outside of London. So I'm about 30 minutes in central London on the train. Nice. Um, I, over here in the UK. Yeah, yeah. And and I... um. Can you explain to me, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm going to ask you a, a few different questions kind of like related to fitness because I had a question that I didn't ask you the last time that I think people would want to know about and and it's okay. got to do with your marathon prep because I want to hear, I want to hear how you prepared for your marathons. We kind of, we didn't talk about that too much. We talked about like no, your business and everything. No, we didn't really. Yeah. Um, I suppose, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really overthink it. I went online. I typed in a marathon training program. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, sort of this, I think it might have been a 12 or 16-week program. I was already sort of running at the time, but, you know, maximum going for, running for an hour. Sure. You know, I wasn't running for four hours. Um, and I just didn't look too far ahead. I would just wake up in the morning and see what it said to do that day. And then before you know it, you sort of one day wake up and you're like, oh my god, I just I just ran for three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> just yeah, so wow. God. My advice okay. for marathon training is to not fixate on on the race day, but just take find yourself a program that works for you and just mm. take it day by day. Um, you what? don't need to jump in the deep end and start running yeah. miles and miles and miles, and um, and you only do one long long run a week anyway sure um but there's loads of great programs online to follow so that's how i got that's how i got myself into it i didn't do um i didn't get myself a coach or anything i just sort of did it for for fun did you um how were like the pre-marathon jitters like did you get any like real intense nerves going into it like before the Um, race well i'm quite competitive so for me so maybe not. I wanted a good time. Yeah. Um, that was that was what made me nervous. I was like, I knew that I'd be fine crossing the finish line. I knew yeah. that I'd done my training. And actually, I had a friend ask me the other day. Um, she's looking to do a marathon, and she said, "Oh, what what's what's it like when you hit the wall?" And I said to her, "I never hit the wall, and I'll tell you why I never hit the wall. It's because I trained properly. And I'm not saying if you hit the wall, it's because you didn't train properly. It yeah. just means I." I didn't go off too fast. I paced myself well. But that's um, the that's the big thing, though. Like like the yeah. wall. You know, even I've heard of it with with not running any marathons. I know that that's like the big problem. Yeah, you know, so, when training. So so hitting the wall didn't happen to me because I did. I trained. I followed something. this program, and I just I just followed it to the to the T. And yeah. uh, if you know, if I had a niggle or an injury, I'd jump on the bike instead of going for a run. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. yeah, I didn't really overthink it. I, I didn't have a race plan. I just sort of went off at a pace that felt comfortable and I just maintained it really. I know that sounds so simple, but it is running. But a it, yeah, is very it's, it's, that's it's exactly so what it is. I mean, the first marathon I did, I didn't take on any gels or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which was probably, well, it definitely was, was a mistake because you sort of get to mile 20 and 
your body starts to sort of shut down a just bit. just break um, down on you <laughs> but yeah yeah like after that um in other marathons i started taking on gels so that okay. is one thing i would say um energy gels a mistake i made and also i think if you're going to take on gels mm. you need to make sure you're using them in your training runs don't just use them on race day that's a good piece of advice yeah that's a good piece of advice okay yeah. And you're and you're talking so, about you're talking about energy gels when you say gels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gels, that's it. Okay. I've so, I've never I've never tried energy gels, but I know that that's like a a big part of marathon races. Like you always carry those gels yeah. with you. Yeah. And some people have jelly babies or you know whatever works. Whatever works. <laughs> sure. Um, All the marathon lingo. Yeah. <laughs> the je- jelly babies. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's amazing. So you're probably wondering mm-hmm. what makes me qualified to talk about this sort Tell, of stuff. Yes. So, Tell me about it. Um, well, I obtained my level three diploma in personal training back in March. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently at my final year at Oxford Brooks University. Okay. And I'm doing sports and exercise science. So nice. I've got one year left university and i've got my pt qualifications what do you call so, uh i i had a question too like in in the uk is it is it a different when you graduate is it a because here it's bachelors of kinesiology is it is it the yeah, same so over it's there a it's a i think it's well it's called a bsc so bachelor okay. of science in sport and exercise science i actually like that a little better because ours is just yeah. ours is pretty much the exact same thing it's just we don't have like the you guys have that extra little letter to kind of help with the classification. Ours is like just yeah. you just have a bachelor in science, and then you know oh, okay. it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's like you could say exercise science, but in the end, it's just like that broad definition right. of what it what it is. You know. Hey, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd give a bit of background to myself. Oh, yeah, well, please. To myself about please. myself. Should I say sorry? Um, <laughs> So I had dabbled with the idea of being a PT for yeah. quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in February 2020, this is, I returned home from my travels. I'd been to Australia and Indonesia. Yeah. Um, highly recommend both places if anyone's mm-hmm. looking to travel. Um, and I spent the majority of the trip with my boyfriend at the time and his family. Sure. So... After a few days back in England, mm-hmm. um, so I went to Indonesia without my boyfriend, but after a few days back in England, um, my boyfriend came to see me and he broke up with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was completely heartbroken. Yeah, that's, so, um, that's tough. I know, it was a tough time. But yeah. you know what? I am a very, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Yes. And I also believe that we don't meet people by accident. You know, they're meant to cross our paths. Yeah. Um. And it was almost a blessing in disguise, the lockdown for me in England, because mm-hmm. we broke up and then almost a few weeks later we were we were in a lockdown. So everyone's life had been flipped upside down. It wasn't just mine. Yeah. Uh, so I I took comfort from that, I suppose. But I decided that I needed something to focus on. Um, and it was the first time in a very long time that I was able to put myself first and focus on what I wanted. Yes. So at that point that I actually decided, you know what, I'm passionate about it and I'm going to go and get my PT qualification. Yeah, so yeah. So that's how I ended up being a PT. That's amazing, um, yeah. And then in terms of what even got me into exercise, mm-hmm. I suppose it goes back to my school days. So 
I started training when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Yes. And I joined the rowing team at my school. Yep. Uh, I think I asked last time we recorded. Yeah, we, ta- we talked about the rowing. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, it's... I, I asked whether you called it crew. You said you do call it rowing. But we I, call it I rowing, yeah. Called it crew. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, what do I say? No, um, no, you're good. It's it's through. rowing, yeah. But it's it's if if we don't like, you know, it's it's America doesn't have like the. I feel like in UK you guys have some very pretty like bodies of water and like a lot more maybe like lakes and that kind of mm-hmm. thing just to be able to like do the rowing. I don't I don't know I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, I feel like it. British, yeah. Team love, yeah, we love rowing. Which yeah. Is the, the British British people are known for being good at sitting down sports. So, um. <laughs> but but like but rowing is so hard. Like I have seen it. Oh, it's, it's it's brutal. It's absolutely yeah. brutal. It's like yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it um, is. It is a real sport for a reason because I watch it and I'm like, yeah. you have to be a tough son of a gun to be able to do a, like to be able yeah, to do Olympic rowing and stuff. Early mornings and long hours. So yeah, it's how no I joke. got into it. Is, yeah. Um, I went to an all-girls school in Oxford mm-hmm. um, where there was a huge focus on achievement, you know, whether it was academics or yes. sports, you know, and I, I think some people thrive in that sort of environment, mm-hmm. you know, it encourages and motivates them, but there are others who crumble under the pressure and unfortunately I was in the latter. Yeah. So I found the pressure to be quite a lot. Um yeah. So despite being successful with both my academics and sport, mm-hmm. you know, I never felt fully satisfied. I was always looking for the next thing. So yeah. I'd do well in an exam and I'd be like, well, what about my next exam? Or I'd win a race and I'd be thinking, well, what about my next race? Sure. And I just never enjoyed my success. Um, and I think that had a huge impact on my mental health. Yeah. So long story short, I ended up developing an eating disorder. Sure. And then we talked about it last time. Right. You had you had yeah. two eating disorders. You had the orthorexia. Yeah. Well, they, they sort of merged together, I think. So, okay. Um, yeah, you've got something called orthorexia, which is what I initially battled. Mm-hmm. So orthorexia, for those of you that don't know, it's an obsession with healthy eating. Yes. Um, so although being aware and concerned with the nutritional quality of the food you eat isn't a problem in and of itself, People with orthorexia become so fixated on, you know, so-called healthy eating that they actually damage their own well-being. Yes. And I think, you know, as as an athlete, as a young athlete, it was incredibly easy to get away with um, because in many ways, no one bats an eyelid. Because it's just seen as healthy eating for your sport. So no one questions you. But the problem with orthorexia is it often leads to other eating disorders. Mm-hmm. such as anorexia nervosia which yeah. is what i ended up developing so again it, for those of you that don't know i'm sure most of you have heard of anorexia mm-hmm. it's characterized by abnormally low body weight uh, intense fear of gaining weight a distorted perception of your appearance which is also called body dysmorphia sure uh, and i recognize that now because i remember being being in the in the in the midst of it thinking I was so much bigger than all the other girls. And I look back at photos and it was the opposite. I, I was smaller than these girls. and But I remember sure. thinking I was huge. So I, I do recognize that body dysmorphia does, you know, play a part. It does. It, it messes um, with that, that body image, you know. It's yeah. like you, you are definitely not, 
fat you're definitely not like bigger it's it's but it's it's weird it's just it's what you see in yourself yeah. you know and you know ultimately i reached such a low weight that i had to give up sports and exercise for a few years so i had to give up rowing um i couldn't partake in pe lessons hmm. um or, do you guys call it pe over there we uh pe yes we do yeah. we do call it pe oh, okay. so yeah you're so good brutal. yeah so yeah my life was completely dictated and you know, by my eating disorder. Yeah. Um, now, I have a question though. I, I didn't ask you this last yeah, time. Yeah. Like the, the, the timeline, what was the eating disorder before you got into marathons or was it kind of like during? Um, no, no, before. It was before. So this okay. Is when I was, this was when I was about 16, 17 years old. I, I got you. struggled with anorexia. And then when I was about 18 or 19, mm -hmm. I returned to a healthy weight and I was able to exercise again. Amazing. And that's sort of where my journey begins because that's when I fell in love with fitness all over again. Sure. But just in, in a very, very different way. You know, I was I was training and exercising for myself. Um, I'd go to the gym and I'd go running. And the, the beauty of it was that I no longer had this pressure of performing. I didn't have coaches to impress. I wasn't entering competitions. There was no medals to be won. Um, so, you know, if I went for a run mm -hmm. and I was, you know, just feeling really tired or just wasn't enjoying it, I could cut it short and it didn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, if I decided to take an additional rest day or swap my rest, rest day around so that I could go to a party or do whatever, it didn't matter. Yeah. Because the only person that I was actually accountable to was myself rather than having a whole team that I felt I had to impress. Sure. And I didn't feel that immense pressure anymore. And, um, and I think that's what's, um, that's what sort of formed the philosophy I have around fitness now mm -hmm. is going through those two different experiences, one as an athlete and one as someone who enjoys being fit and healthy. Yeah. And I think that's where, that's where I'm at now. And that's sort of what's led me to become a personal trainer. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring this up too. And it, you know, we talked about it the last time I liked I liked your personal approach to fitness about, you know, uh -huh. when you teach people, you, you try to bring about this. I think I remember it was the goal perspective, like the goal mindedness yeah. as, opp as yeah. opposed to the the look you're, you're thinking like you said it. You said instead of focusing on that, focus on adding 10 seconds to your plank or or focus on the discrete goals as as opposed to what yeah. what you're looking like and i like that i thought that was a great so, so, thing yeah I, I i am so passionate about that you know mm -hmm. fit, fitness is so much more than looking good yes you know it's about feeling good on both the inside and the outside yes exactly and, and i think it's it's imperative that you don't train solely for aesthetics mm -hmm. i mean okay of course it's okay to have an aesthetic goal yeah. you know you want to have good abs for yeah. example and like you just use the example of holding a plank make sure there's always a performance goal that you pair it with so if you're if you're wanting a toned six pack or whatever it might be a toned stomach sure. make your goal okay well i can hold the plank for 30 seconds at the moment but by such and such a date i want to be able to hold the plank for three minutes and then break it down you know you've got your long-term goal is three minutes what about a medium-term goal and a short-term goal? So your short-term goal could be, by the end of the week, I want to add an additional 10 seconds to my plank. 
Hmm. So, you know, shift the focus from what your body looks like to what your body can do. You know, celebrate your body. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's important to note that, you know, performance goals, they're measured by a specific outcome from your training. That's true. So like I was just talking about, you can break them down into micro goals. And these micro goals enable us to accomplish throughout our journey. And the result of continually achieving your performance goal mm -hmm. is that over time, your body will start to reflect your performance. So, you know, if, you, if your goal is to do a three-minute plank, your micro goal might be to add a minute or 30 seconds to your plank every month. Yes. And then break that. Then you, you just... And every month you achieve something, you can tick it off. You can say, oh my God, I've done it. And it's not so daunting as well. It takes away, oh my God, I can only hold the plank for 30 seconds. I've now got to try and hold it for three minutes. It takes that pressure away almost because you're like, well, hang on, actually, there's baby steps to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what those micro goals do. I like that you and split I, it up. I, I, I think I've yeah. never approached it like that. I like the idea of like the, the short term the midterm and then the the long-term goal like i think that's oh, kind of that's cool i always do that with my clients when yeah I, when i have their consultation or we're catching up i always ask them what their goal is and then you know what a realistic time frame is and then we'll break it down you know because okay. you don't just go from one to the other you've got to break it down there's steps to get there and achieving each step you know it it keeps you positive and it, it keeps you interested and engaged and you know wow. it keeps you motivated yeah so when i'm with my clients I, I focus on educating them in a way that can support their goals and exercise adherence sure and also uh, you know you've got to meet them where they are each day yep if they come in and they've got a bit of a cold and they're not feeling up to it you might have to adapt your session. <laughs> you say you know, suck it up and keep going. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you've got to, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is an <laughs> that, That's you're, right. You're there to motivate and push them. Sure. And get the best results you can. But but also you don't want to push them so, you don't want to push your clients so much that they end up falling out of love with exercise. Completely or agree. To disliking it so much they don't want to do it again. Because I think a huge part of exercise adherence Mm -hmm. comes from enjoying your training so that's true for example i really enjoy running okay so I, I love running i go running six days a week maybe not for very long maybe i literally do half an hour most days and then i might do a long run on a sunday sure but i'll go for a run because that's what i enjoy but if you prefer resistance training go in the gym and lift some heavy weights you know yeah. do what's right for you um and i should note that as a personal trainer, and mm -hmm. um, it's really important. Well, I always encourage balance because you know fitness is more than one component. It's made up of flexibility, cardiorespiratory fitness, muscular endurance, muscular strength. And whilst it's okay to focus on what you enjoy the most, and I encourage that, um, never neglect the other areas. So we spoke about this before, actually. Um, yes. And if you're a, let's use the example of a marathon runner. Mm -hmm. If you're a marathon runner and you absolutely adore running, but you don't do any flexibility work or any strength work, you're going to end up injuring yourself. That's and true. And you're not going to be able to continue doing the thing that you love because you've neglected those other areas of fitness. And it's the same if you're really into um, 
you know, Olympic weightlifting. Mm -hmm. If you don't do any um, cardio, any CV training, yeah, your heart isn't going to be able to support the the huge um, muscular system yeah. that you've built up around you. So it's so important. I kind of like um, I, I like the idea of uh, you know uh, keeping up with the cardio aspect as a very muscular person. Like it's it's yeah. you're right. You know the way you said it. It's you need that cardiovascular part of it to be able to keep all the muscle moving and it's you know I, not many people view it like that because i think you know especially with athletes you know they have a very sports specific motivation so they probably yeah. don't think mm -hmm. about throwing in the cardio or you know throwing in the weight training as a, as a marathon runner or something along those lines yeah and i think it's it's incredibly important yeah. um so I think functional fitness is really mm -hmm. important, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, a functional fitness is a classification of training that prepares your body for these real-life movements and activities. Yes. Yeah. You know, I want my clients training for longevity. Yep. I want them to be able to train and exercise and move for the rest of their lives. I want them to be 80 years old and still being able to pick up their grandchildren because they've got the strength in their arms. They've got the mobility. And... Um, you're yeah. not exercising to you don't want to break your body through exercise i think that's <laughs> that's, that's really something important. we can all agree on yes <laughs> yeah, exactly think, um if you get so caught up in um a particular area of um training or whatever mm -hmm. i understand as an athlete obviously you often have these sports specific goals but yes. I think as a as a if you're a non-athlete and you're just training for what well, I call training for life, um, yeah, the idea is that you you look after your body. So exactly, you, do, you have to make sure that if you go for a run or you do a training session or a hit class, whatever it might be, if your body's sore, mm -hmm. you know, get have a hot shower, get your foam roller out, do a bit of stretching, just take care of yourself. Um, and I think that's a huge part of the health and fitness industry that's you don't yeah. actually really get to see on instagram because all you see you know on um social media these days is i mean it's a lot better now than it was a few years ago i agree it's all about yeah. lifting heavy weights and who's run the fastest time <laughs> and, and yeah it's just really important that actually it's okay to go for a run and not time yourself yeah it's, it's true. okay to it's okay to go to the gym and not record the weight you're lifting right for that day you don't yeah. need to be lifting as heavier weights if you want to do less reps or more reps or whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's good to have some structure but sometimes you know be gentle with yourself what's the worst that's going to happen yeah it's true and it all it all really it, it goes into the mindset of of taking away the stress out of working out because people usually think that you just have to like overhaul your entire life like what you've been doing up to that point is not working so you have to implement yeah. something brand new and to your point it's not about that it is it is in fact about not timing yourself on a run or maybe not recording your heaviest weight and just just doing yeah. the exercises without having to think yeah. about the stressful portion you know so yeah also don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not sat here saying never time your runs never mm -hmm make note of your training yes you know first of all some people enjoy that and and it can be a huge motivator as well to try and improve yeah but sometimes it's easy to get too caught up in it in fact 
one of my questions on my question and answer on Instagram the other day yeah. was, do I have Strava? And my answer was, no, I don't have Strava. And the reason I don't have Strava is because you can see other people uh, near you and their runs, I think, something like that. You can see other people's um, running times and what have you. Can you explain and that to me, though? What was the word you used? You said stra- Strava? Strava. Strava, or do you not have that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. What What is that? Yeah, tell me about that, please. It's, it's, a, it's an, a, a running app that tracks your runs, but you can also see people in the local area who are also running, so you can see their sort of times. And we might have that, but I really yeah. think that people need to use that because I've never heard of that, and it sounds like the right yeah, thing. To no. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a really clever app, but for, for me, I think... Uh, running is my own thing and I don't want to get too caught up in what other people are doing, you know. I'd be the same way. Or, yeah. Or further than me. I just want to go out there, enjoy nature. Yeah, some days you're going to run and it, you're going to feel, oh my God, I feel awful. Mm-hmm. But no one ever finishes a run and thinks, oh, I wish I never went for that run. Or I wish I'd never done that workout. You feel because good after. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think... It's fine. Obviously, it's completely up to the individual. But yeah, track your runs. Give you, you know, note your progress. Sure. But also have days off. You know, maybe just say on Sundays, I'm not even going to take my watch out with me. I'm just going to run until I'm hungry mm-hmm. or until I get tired, and then I'm going to stop. Does it? Because that's okay. Does that's it okay. affect your? Does it affect like your runner's high? Because I know that like. Like if you go out and run and you do it in a way that's just very carefree, like you don't bring your time, your watch with you or anything, and you just like what you said, you're kind of just admiring the scenery and everything. Does that mm-hmm. get you into a runner's high faster, or um, not really? Does it really not have a difference? Question. Yeah. Um, I think it's the problem with um, or well, I suppose there's there's two sides to it because yeah. if you're tracking the run and you and you run a PB or a mm-hmm. really fast time, mm-hmm. your runner's high is almost um, elated. You know, it get, it's even even greater because mm, okay. you're like, think oh, about I've that. just run, I've run quicker than I've ever ran before, or I've run further than I've ever run before, and I feel amazing. Okay, I'd, yeah, and I didn't expect that. The other side to it, okay, is sometimes you're going to track your run and you're going to go, oh my god. Why was uh, I running so much slower? Why did I find that so much harder than last week? Oh my, and you're going to okay. beat yourself up. Okay. So just also I have learned personally, I've learned that those runs where I'm running slower and I feel my legs feel heavy, my chest feels tight. Mm-hmm. That just happens sometimes. It just happens. It yeah. doesn't mean you're any less of a runner and it doesn't, it doesn't um, mean anything doesn't mean anything to anyone apart from perhaps yourself no one is looking at your watch judging you that's true that's true you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt and realize that not everything is the end of the world when it comes to exercise (laughs) no it's totally the end of the world it's the end of the world you don't make a time (laughs) yeah also your fitness yeah it's a way you're not gonna always be at your peak you know you're not always gonna be i hear that running at your fastest and you're not always going to be at your strongest there's going to be things that happen in your life whether mm-hmm. it's personal you know illness injury stress related things or maybe you've got a new job and you don't have the same amount of time as before or sure. for women they have babies you know all of these things are going to affect your fitness so never expect fitness to just be 
one straight line up. Um, yeah. You know, that's not how it works. It's it's going to be waves. And that's absolutely fine. The, the, the important thing is with fitness is once you start your fitness journey, you want to keep those waves at bay. So you don't you don't want to be going so extreme that you end up crashing and burning. And also you don't want to just start off doing really well and then just all of a sudden stop. The idea is that you it, train for, for life. It, it becomes yeah. part of your lifestyle. And but that's I, what I encourage. I think it's a beautiful explanation that you just gave about fitness being like ebbing and flowing. It's like waves. It's not... Yeah. It's 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 not consistent. It's not super straight, really. It's it is. It's just about you know dealing with the waves, dealing with exactly. maybe the the odd increases in weight when you wake up one morning, or like you know it's it's oh God, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Cool. Yeah. So I like I like the way you put that because people yeah. you go into you know your consultations, and I'm sure maybe you've seen this sometimes. It's people kind of expect like a quick change. And or, you know, they really want. Yeah. And and so, yeah, exactly. The overnight fix. And it's just not like that. It's it's really not. Don't beat yourself up if you have that mentality, because Hmm. for years I used to be I've obviously struggled with um, eating issues and body dysmorphia. And I used to think, oh, my God, I need to do I've done everything. I've done juice diets. I've tried intermittent fasting. I've done all of the fad dieting and the fad training. Yes. Um, But I've learned from that because that's not actually how it works. And that's not what keeps you consistent or healthy. And weight fluctuations, you know, huge weight fluctuations from fad dieting is dangerous. It's not good for you. What is your Um, least favorite fad diet? What do you what do you like? Just don't don't like I think I think any fad diet. Okay. I don't like any fad diet. I think I'm with you a there. Healthy balanced meal. Do you know what? On the topic of diets, mm-hmm. I I get asked a lot about diet, but I'm very cautious of providing any in depth advice. Oh, and we talked about this. Yeah, the uh, yeah. yeah, and um, and it's tough. It's tough. Well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think dietary advice should really come from either a dietitian or a nutritionist. Exactly. And I'm going to talk about the difference because yeah. it's, there is a difference. So dietitians have to go to university and obtain a degree. So they're the only nutritional professionals that are regulated by law and they're governed by an ethical code to mm-hmm. ensure that they always work for higher standards. So the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist is that anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, anyone. So always yeah. ensure... If someone says they're a nutritionist, always ensure that they have some form of qualification and that they are registered. Because obviously there are nutrition qualifications that you can get. Yes. Um, but make sure they have that qualification and they're registered. Um, but be aware that nutritionists are only qualified to provide information about food and healthy eating. Yeah. Um, whereas dietitians can go into a lot more detail. And nutritionists don't work in a clinical setting. Do you still provide, like, as best you can, diet yeah, advice? Yeah, I just, I just say to my clients, it depends on their knowledge because some you have some True. people that are very aware, um, yeah, and different preferences as well. Um, another huge topic surrounding diet is obviously calorie counting. Yep. Um, and you don't. I think calorie counting can be a great place to start for someone who isn't particularly well informed about their diet. That's right. But right. I don't think it's a long-term solution. Hmm. 
you know, it's a great way to educate yourself about the quality content of the food you're eating. True. And maybe portion sizes as well. But in my opinion, that should be its sole purpose. Yeah. That is it. I know it's incredibly controversial. Uh, some people live and die by my fitness pal, but I, but I believe that being dictated by numbers, you know, it's a form of disordered eating. It is. It is a form of weighing everything, counting everything. Okay, I understand if maybe you're prepping for a, um, what are they called, the bikini competitions or what have you, or mm -hmm. there's something spe specific or you're trying to learn more about your diet. I get it. But there comes a point that you're going to have to relinquish, relinquish, can't get my words out, relinquish <laughs> it's control. Okay. Yeah. And trust yourself. You know, you've got to learn to trust yourself. Sure. Um, and I think it comes as a direct result of this diet culture that yeah. our, our food intake has been overcomplicated because one week we're told don't have any fat. The next week we're told the ketogenic diet is the best thing ever. And then the next week we're told, oh, you need to be vegan because if mm. you eat meat, you're going to get cancer. <clears throat> well, hang on a second. <laughs> Let's just take a step back. I like that. Yeah, that's kind of you know? how it is, especially with anybody yeah. going into like veganism. And it's, I, yeah. and it's, it's difficult. I, I feel for everyone because yeah. it's confusing. You're like, I don't actually really know what healthy eating is anymore. Yeah, all this, um, all this information coming at you from different yeah. directions. Yeah. And, and my answer is that there, there is no diet suited to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think everyone has their own individual preferences so the foods they like some people prefer sweet foods some people prefer savory some people like eating six meals a day some people eat like eating two meals a day yes you know so first of all you've got to go off what you like and what is actually going to fit with your lifestyle yeah yeah and, and, the, and the foods you enjoy but also yeah. just making sure it's balanced you know don't just think oh i um, I'm not going to eat any vegetables because they've got carbohydrates in. No, no, no. Have your fruit, have your veg, have yeah. some protein. Don't overconsume protein because that's what the internet tells you to do. That's, <laughs> we, we had this discussion. I we know did, we, we did. But it's, yeah, so, we talked um, a little bit about it, about the, you know, the protein consumption and everything. And, yeah, and, and so, it's, um, yeah. But I like it's your. It's a very interesting, interesting topic the protein shakes and everything. Um, yeah, and we talked about that. And I think you you talked about the little bit of research you did with with the protein yeah, shakes. Yeah, so I, I had read uh, I read a peer reviewed journal. Okay, um, and it was very interesting. It was about um, the 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 time frame in which you consume your protein after a workout, and yes. what the protein companies are telling us, and what influencers are telling us, and just what we see online. Is that you need your protein as soon as as soon as you've worked out, you need to have your protein. Yeah. When actually that's not the case because if you think about it from a scientific point of view, mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. muscles are working hard during your workout, mm. but the the energy source they're using is glycogen. So glycogen is the thing that's depleted, and that's the thing that needs replenishing. So that's you get that from carbohydrates. Yeah. Not protein. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after workout, yeah, you can have a protein shake if you want to, but it doesn't have to be a protein shake. It can be, Carbs. it is actually important to replenish those glycogen stores. So, so have yeah. something with a bit of carbohydrate in it. Sure. And this study focused on consuming your protein before you went to bed because protein that is there as, you know, um, building blocks of your muscles, really, mm -hmm. it, it 
encourages um, it, recovery it, and yeah. growth and all that sort of thing. And that happens whilst we sleep. Yeah. So these researchers decided that actually they were going to get their athletes to consume their protein before they slept. Sure. Um, and that's, yeah, that, that seemed to work. They saw growth. Than, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, again, anything you read on, on Instagram or online or anything like that, make sure you go on Google Scholar and you have a quick read of, yourself i love google scholar i i am and, i am heavily heavily yeah. like you yeah google scholar is a good you one you need to read more than one you know because one paper might say one thing another might say the other it's true i'm sure most people learn this at school you've got to look at how big of a, a population group they're using um and all sorts of things um, yeah and one thing i realized too it was it was kind of funny the you know whenever you read like scholarly articles inevitably they always arrive at the conclusion that like more research need more research needs to be done and i always hate that i I know it's like you read it and you're like well you know we kind of found this but like more research needs to be done you're like oh okay so i didn't did i really learn anything did they really prove anything you know it's always i don't know i just get a kick out of that what we can take from that is that just i mean um the healthy eating balance plate whatever i can't remember what it's called now Mm -hmm. um just where you know it shows you how much roughly how many vegetables roughly how much protein to have on your plate that's yeah. fine yeah just choose that um and i i often ask people so when they when they get all pent up about it i say okay do olympic athletes track every morsel of the food they put into their body exactly do they exactly. weigh everything do they count everything yeah and i can confirm that they don't they because, don't no um, my ex-partner and the people I lived with were all part of the GB team mm-hmm. and they don't do it. And these athletes are surrounded by world leading experts. So, you know, wow. take from that what you will. The, these athletes are, are surrounded by the, the best coaches and the best nutritionists and dietitians and sure. uh, physiologists. And, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can. Yeah. They're being help. told what to do and that too. Doesn't, involve calorie counting yeah. or weighing everything so um i'll just yeah i always leave people with that thought but you know do what makes you happy because mm-hmm. i don't want to be here anyone thinking i'm preaching no you're not no it's from my, my experience that i think yeah um and i try to stay quite neutral on instagram so i've been on instagram now i think for almost eight months yeah and so, you've built you've built a following i told you that last time like that's a you've you've figured out the algorithm you figured out the the steps to oh, take know you know well, it's, it's, but you've given, um, you know, you've given content that people can, people can latch yeah. onto, you know, so it's, it's whatever well, it is that you're doing. A bit of everything. Yeah. Um, sometimes I write long captions. Oh yeah. And, you got, uh, <laughs> yeah. hashtag Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Whether they go unnoticed, whether anyone actually reads them, but you know, um, I tried to post a bit of everything. I've yeah. got, um, my sister on there. I've mm. got my dog on there. I've got, um, you know, I tried to post stories just at home. Sure. So that people know, actually, I'm not always working out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not just a PT. I, I, I am, you know, yeah. I have a life. <laughs> do you, do you get any clients from uh, America or is it just, is it just centered so in the I UK right now? I do. I have a couple of clients in New York. Nice. Um, yeah. Good for I you. Online. Yeah. I, I um, love it. That's, that's amazing. 
I'm glad you got yeah. some exposure over here. It's, do you know what? That's I know a global pandemic is not what anyone wants. No. But if one thing it has done, it's it's um it's connected us. It has. All these countries it's connected together because we're all having to live online. We're all having to work from home. Yeah. Um, do online uh, fitness classes, and I think it's great. And I think um, the community it's built is, is brilliant. Um, sure. And I know these times have been really tough for a lot of people. Um, you know, whether it be losing a job, losing a family member, um, just yeah. that upheaval of life. You know, feeling lonely, not you know the uncertainty. And I think what social media has done for me and mm. i'm not saying for everyone um but i've found a real sense of community on there yeah um a lot of people supporting each other um a lot of pts doing uh live yeah, coming workouts. to your help yeah coming to help you and in. i think it's i think it's brilliant really and i yeah. think if you're struggling with using social media um just make sure you're following people that make you feel good yeah um Go seek out Lexi Butcher and she'll help you. Yeah, with your social media problems. Yeah. <laughs> At PT Lexi. At PT, um, there you go. Yeah, I'll I'll post a I'll post a link on my end of my video here. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I'll leave you with that. Um, yeah, I have I posted on. We've covered diet. Yeah. Yeah. My background. Is there anything you'd like to I I was going to ask you and also too this is this is pre-recorded so I realized that I maybe made it seem like this is live this isn't live. <laughs> No, no, I, I know. I'm just letting you know. No, I realized I was like, I hope she doesn't think it's live. I didn't even tell her that. Damn. Um, no, but it's it's all pre-recorded, so it's just it's just you and me. We're not like speaking to anybody right now. Yeah, but um, no, but no, I wanted to ask you, uh, just like, what's your favorite exercise in the gym? You personally, like, what do you enjoy doing? Ooh, that's yeah. a very good question. Yeah, not that's running. Not my favorite yeah, exercise like exercise in the gym. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I'm gonna be? I'm going to be very controversial. Okay, go for it. And I'm going to say that I love burpees. <laughs> get off this podcast. You can, we can't have you anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone says that to me. I know, like burpees. The only, oh, my God. The reason God. I love burpees is uh -huh. because, you know, to the floor burpees. So you're using your whole body. Yeah. You're getting your heart rate up. If you don't have a lot of time... You're ticking a lot of boxes. So I do. I like it. And I like working hard. You know, too, um, I, I learned as well, you know, burpees can be burpees can be modified too i kind of like the idea that you know yeah. everybody everybody you say burpees and people go oh no 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 no, no. i'm not doing that and then you're like no yeah. trust me try it this way you'd be okay you yeah, know you can do um when i teach classes i always say you can step your burpees if you want to exactly you can jump them i mean i sometimes do burpee jump lunges burpee into jumping mountain climbers oh well then There's you're doing yeah you're doing bougie burpees There's right there variations. yeah um, but I do. I love. I love a burpee. But I'm sure everyone that's listening thinks I'm crazy. It's. Um, it's. Maybe. Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Oh, nope, not take it from her." No, they. They told. They'll be. Yeah, they'll love you. It's okay. No, but uh, they, they I. Were, they were with me up until. Up this until this happened. point, yeah, you lost them. <laughs> that's all good. No, but I. I agree. I've. I've had my moments where I've like sought out some some burpee intervals and everything so it's it's yeah it is some serious freaking cardio if you time yourself for like do, do like a, a 10 minute like burpee 
just go as long as you can for like 10 minutes, do as oh many as you God, can. 10 minutes. But, but it's, it's, it doesn't like, it sounds difficult, but you just go at your own pace. Like you're not trying to hit a number. Yeah. You're just yeah. going, you can take as many breaks as you need to, but you just do burpees for 10 minutes, yeah. do as many as you can. That is like, I have never found a better cardio. I think if you just want to like, yeah. and also if you, if you struggle with high impact stuff, you can, yeah. um, you yeah. can walk them so you can step you can step your feet out step your feet back in mm-hmm. um you can go into a squat jump you can do so much with a burpee it's amazing and you could do the uh <laughs> yeah I've, I've also tried to i'm like a burpee advocate you are a burpee advocate, advocate. Burpee, yeah burpee.com. no yeah you're you're the you're the burpee <laughs> trainer of the month we'll just yeah label yeah it's all good no that's so cool i i think it's I think people don't understand the the effectiveness of burpees, and you know, it just, it just they just turn away when they hear the word. So, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, the hard work, I suppose. What's your least um, favorite exercise? Now that I've asked you your favorite, I have to cover all my bases. Oh, now. my What's least, your least favorite. favorite? I I don't particularly enjoy um, training my chest and mm-hmm. sort of that sort of area because I, but not because I don't like training that area it's mm-hmm. more i've had wrist injuries so um I got from rubbing, so, so i do find it's painful I find them i kind of it's one of those sessions i kind of have to really motivate myself to go and do it's yeah. not one that i necessarily look forward to but i still do it and you know it's mm-hmm. not that i hate it it's just it's, um i probably just... say that that sort of area yeah and not many people have like strong you know especially dudes too like it it's yeah. We don't, I don't know, the, the pushing, the, the pushing side of it is always tough, especially for like, like a taller guy, you know, if you got longer yeah. muscles and for anybody, I think men and women alike, it's, you know, if, if you're that kind of person with a lengthy muscle and you're more about the aerobic side, doing like a chest day or a bench press or something is just not going to be your strong point. And it's, you know, that's yeah. so I, I, I do get have it. very long arms. So, so we'll go with that. We'll just say that's why. I don't yeah. Like it. So I a bench press, arms. a bench press takes you about a minute. Yeah. For one <laughs> rep going down and then pushing back up. Like it's too, it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> So. Oh, well, brilliant. Thank you so much for today. Yeah, um, no, thank you so much, Lexi. I, I appreciate it. Again. Yeah, thank you so much.